0: Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, throwing shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the shade and the vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com/efct and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic, full-contact theater's Throwing Shade.
1: There is a darkness in the minds of men. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. Wait, uh, no, I read that right A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The Shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockman was a go-getter reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. But by night, he becomes the Shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, uncanny ability to... I'm sorry, folks, I don't write, I just narrate it. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he Assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, and the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode Getting Misty, sponsored by Hacker Cigarettes. (laughs) hacker cigarettes quality worth coughing up a few cents more for also brought to you by eclectic full contact theater providing high quality 1930s radio style satire since about half an hour ago last week on throwing shade Uh, well nothing (laughs) this is the first episode I mean, obviously things happened, but mostly just day-to-day things. Nothing that anyone wants to hear about. So, on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. No good deed. Misty LeBlanc runs afoul of foul people. It was a late night in the city of Big Shoulders, and while most of its reputable citizens had called it quits and headed home, leaving the streets in the not-so-tender care of its less savory denizens, Two upright citizens were burning the midnight oil at City Hall.
2: I don't know why we gotta be here every night burning this here oil when the City Hall is fully
3: electrified. Don't knock it, Mac. Thanks to the oil burners, Local 220, we got employment in perpetuity.
2: I thought we was in Chicago. No, Mac. Perpetuity ain't a place. It means going on forever. Well, I'm certainly appreciative of that, I tells you. At least we ain't stuck with a weak union like
3: the dock workers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those poor smucks have been on strike for at least a month. While well, we're riding on the easy street of perpetuity.
2: But answer me this. If perpetuity means going on forever,
3: why do not you just say that? Because unlike yous, I like to read and better myself. Learn new things, new words. I just learned a new one today. Well, yeah, what was that? Posterity. It means... I know what
2: posterity means. You do? Yeah, I sit on my posterity every day. Ugh. In fact, my wife yells at me for sitting on my posterity all the time. That's posterior, you mug. You can't fool me. That's when you feel like you're better than someone else. You think you're posterior to them. In fact, I think you, my friend, have a posteriority complex. How did you ever get out of school? Easy. They asked me to leave. I thought it was kind of rude, personally. I gave that high school the best eight years of my life, and they just kicked me out. I <sighs> ain't mad. The way I figure it is, knowing stuff ain't a good thing. What are you talking about? You ever see a smart guy who looks happy? Uh-huh. All them guys in the suits and ties with the fancy degrees? Uh-huh. They all look like somebody kicked their dog. Hmm. Knowing stuff means you got to figure out what to do about it. Trust me, it's like Shakespeare said, ignorance is bliss. Hmm.
3: Shakespeare said that. One of them old dead guys. How should I know? If ignorance is bliss, then you must be the most blissful guy on the planet. I try to be, Jake. I should try to be.
1: While the midnight oil was burned by the blissful and now newly worried, Up a few floors in City Hall, Mayor Crane and his secretary, Misty LeBlanc, were working late, resulting in a lot of activity on the mayor's desk.
4: There! That's the last of them. The city legislature will know what hit them. Sorry to make you stay late, Miss LeBlanc, but I wanted these vetoes to go out first thing in the morning.
5: No problem, Mr. Mayor. As your assistant, my place is at your side. That is an awful lot of vetoes, though, i got to say.
4: These bills are simply extraneous All. Look at this poppycock. A bill suggesting the creation of an Occupational Health and Safety Administration. <laughs> Vetoed. A bill raising the minimum wage to 35 cents an hour, vetoed. A bill establishing a consumer protection organization who would cap interest rates on loans and mortgages Vetoed. <laughs> people seem to think that just because we're in a depression it's time to throw away the old fashioned decent hard working business focused practices that got us where we are today.
5: In a depression?
4: Exactly. Um I I I I I I I I, I mean, uh, the, 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 the point is, we can't just start handing out money willy-nilly to the poor. If the poor have proven anything, it's that they can't hold on to money.
5: There is a certain logic to that, sir.
4: Exactly. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Miss LeBlanc, for all your assistance.
5: <laughs> I'm glad I could be of some help.
4: I dare say I couldn't have done this without you.
5: Really? Really? I wasn't sure that you would notice the background information I had collated for you and the legal precedents I brought with the bills to help with be-
4: Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing makes these late night fly by like a steady stream of fresh hot coffee. <laughs> You're a lifesaver, Miss Leblanc.
5: <clears throat> Glad to do my part. <laughs> and please call me Misty.
4: Very well, Misty. Now, shall I call you a cab?
5: Oh, I just said. Call me Misty. Uh,
4: No. (laughs) I mean, shall I get a cab to come take you home?
5: (laughs) Oh, no need, Mr. Mayor. I don't live too far away, and what better way to travel this wonderful city than by its world-class public transit system?
4: Very civic-minded of you. If you're sure you feel safe...
5: I'm a Big girl, Mr. Mayor. Besides, this is Chicago. What could possibly
3: happen?
1: Passing by a man selling second-hand harmonicas on the street.
3: Miss, could I interest you in a mouth organ?
1: I'm sorry. I don't do mouth stuff.
3: <laughs> Suit yourself.
1: Misty LeBlanc made her way down the darkened street to the nearest elevated train station. Thank you so much for the coffee, Misty. That was so helpful.
5: My pleasure, Mayor. You want I should get some more to help you wake up to the fact that I do most of the paperwork around the office? Writing and reading the letters and bills so you don't have to stop golfing? No, thank you, Miss Leblanc. I'd much rather pretend you're completely unnecessary. Huh.
3: What
1: I wouldn't get for him to realize just what I'm worth. Then, just as she was passing by a dark alley, she heard what sounded like a mugging. Ow!
5: <gasps> that sounded like a mugging! What should I do? I, I know... Uh- I'll use the nearest police call box. Please, help me. I'm hurt. Oh, no. Oh, what should I do? Stop being silly, Misty. You're a grown woman in the big city. You can handle this.
1: As she made her way down the alley, she saw a man lying
2: on the ground holding his head. What happened? Are you badly hurt that's what i get for taking a shortcut on payday feller jumped me and gave me a crack on the noggin grabbed me wages and run off and me with a wife and three wee bairns at home
5: let me help you up thank you let's get you to the hospital
2: no thank you miss i'm sure i'll be fine can't afford the doctor anyways send the police oh, no nah, won't be no use i never saw the feller who jumped me A needle in a haystack, it be. Things all the same, though, Miss... uh LeBlanc. Misty LeBlanc. The mayor's secretary.
5: His assistant, but uh, you know me.
2: Oh, aye. You're very well known. It's common knowledge City Hall couldn't run without you. Hmm.
5: That's so sweet of you to say. It's so nice having someone recognize my value.
2: Believe me, Miss LeBlanc, you're more valuable than you know. Misty heard a noise
1: behind her, like someone moving from behind garbage cans. That sounds like someone moving from behind garbage cans. What? Before she could turn around, a massive hand holding a rag soaked in something noxious covered her mouth and nose. She struggled. (laughs) But it was no use, and soon... Misty LeBlanc lost consciousness. Act One, Scene Two. Seeking Clemens, see? Theo and Wednesday end up shorthanded. As the local high school marching band warmed up the next morning, things were already pretty heated at the offices of the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. Most of the fire was being added by editor-in-chief Clarence Clemens, who was lighting it under Ace reporter Theodore Rockwell and his girl Friday, Wednesday morning?
3: I was way too early for this it's kind it's of right. thing. Oh, did someone bring food and this? Now
2: there's a cat. Rockwell! <laughs>
4: morning! Get in here! What can we do for you, Chief? You feeling all right, Rockwell? Getting enough sleep? Well, sure, Chief. Why? And you, morning. You all right? Nothing upsetting your feminine sensibilities? Well, not until right now. Then could someone explain what this load of literary bullpucky is doing on my desk?
0: Oh, you got my story about the dock strike.
4: Is that what this is? And here I thought someone had let an illiterate toddler Doodle on one of my notepads!
6: Uh, I-, I thought you were going to, uh, to give that to me to, um, to, to proofread?
0: Seemed silly when the first draft was so good. Good?
4: You call this good? When I asked the union boss why strike, he said it's them bosses that make life tough, so we gotta strike if we wanna live like men. This reporter believes this strike will last as long as those in power refuse to underestimate their opposition to the workers who are the real victims in this money war And the poorest one, I think. (sighs) That's a direct quote. Which part?! I can't find any punctuation or even tense!
0: Believe me, Chief, that strike is plenty tense. Rockwell!
6: Here you go, Mr. Clemens. What is this Wednesday? That's what Theodore actually wrote. His first draft is always in shorthand. Then I take it, translate it, and type up what he really meant.
4: (laughs) When asked for the motivation behind this strike, the union foreman replied, it's them bosses that make life tough, so we gotta strike if we wanna live like men. It is the belief of this reporter that this strike will drag on until those in power cease to underestimate their opponent's conviction. Until then, the poor will remain the true victims in this war over money being played out on the city's docks. Hm. That's what you meant, Rockwell? More or less. <laughs> Good work, Wednesday. Good work, Rockwell. Thank you. Now, I need the two of you to get over to City Hall. Something big's happening, and the mayor has called a press conference.
0: What's it about, Chief?
4: Great Caesar's salad, Rockwell. If I knew that, I wouldn't have to send you. Now, get going.
0: I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I don't even know why he closes the door anymore. You can hear right through it. Look, I want to thank you for all the help back there, Wednesday.
6: Oh, it's my job.
0: I don't know why you don't take more credit.
6: You think Clemens would listen.
0: Well, he listens to me. Uh huh. Sometimes. Uh-huh. Mostly. Well, not very often.
6: There are a few differences between the two of us, Theo.
0: Really? I uh, <clears throat> hadn't noticed.
6: You hadn't noticed.
0: I was always taught that it was rude to look at a lady's um differences.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people say chivalry is dead. Thing is, I'll admit, I like working with you, Theo. Yeah. You're the first reporter who's let me do my job instead of making coffee.
0: Well, I've tasted your coffee. Oh! <laughs> and besides, how would you make coffee with that typewriter around your neck all the time? Why do you haul that around everywhere?
6: The man at the store said it was portable. Yeah. Besides, I don't want to miss anything.
0: Good. I have a feeling the mayor's press conference is going to result in a lot of, um, <clears throat> shorthand.
1: Act 1, Scene 3. Police chiefs say the darnedest things. The police address the illegal alien issue. Passing by a down-on-his-luck ukulele player, Theo and Wednesday made their way to City Hall. Where they discovered a crowd of reporters and a highly agitated Mayor Crane.
0: I hope that this is much better places. Attention! Here.
4: Attention! If I could please have your attention! He seems highly agitated.
6: Whatever it is must be important. Every paper is here and at least half the police force.
0: I only see Police Chief Canoli.
6: I meant by volume.
0: Gentlemen of the
4: press.
6: Am I invisible?
0: Maybe they can't see past the typewriter. Huh.
4: I am so happy to see such a turnout. It does our city proud that journalists of every stripe are represented in this bustling metropolis, including a group we don't usually think of when it comes to journalism.
6: Finally, a little recognition for all that we women do. I am
4: speaking, of course, of our very first canine journalist, Puddles. The Rover Reporter. Covering politics for the Daily Hound. Their tagline, <laughs> we sniff out the truth, is a standard all journalists can aspire to.
6: A dog? Seriously, that's who he's holding up as an example? You're telling me a dog gets more respect from this city than a woman?
0: But look how cute he is. Those puppy dog eyes. That is
6: not the point adorable. I know. I mean, this is unconscionable. To recognize canine reporters before women. Women have been covering politics since before the Great War. I'll have you know I wrote a story that won a Pulitzer.
0: You won a Pulitzer?
6: No. The male reporter I wrote it for won a Pulitzer, but I still wrote a Pulitzer prize-winning story. How is it even possible that a dog gets recognition before someone like me?
0: To be fair, it is significantly more impressive for a dog to type than a woman. No opposable thumbs.
6: <laughs> okay, I admit it's pretty impressive.
0: Look, if it makes you feel better, it won't. I hear that despite his 150 words per minute typing speed and his savvy political acumen, there is one thing you definitely have over puddles
6: the fact that I'm fluent in three languages, can read and write in another two, and cover the Lindbergh baby kidnapping.
0: He's still not housebroken.
6: No, puddle, mm, bad dog. Not exactly the glowing endorsement of my skills I was looking for, but I'll take what I can get.
0: And a girl!
6: If you try patting my head, I'll kick you.
4: I called you here today to announce that my secretary, Miss Misty LeBlanc, has gone missing. Oh. <laughs> when did you first realize she was gone?
6: When you woke up in the morning?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I find your implication of offensive. Miss LeBlanc is an integral member of my staff. I realized something was wrong when I arrived this morning and she wasn't here. Miss LeBlanc is never late. That must be a relief for you. (laughs) As
0: a police chief, I personally looked into this case. We found Miss LeBlanc's purse in an alley a few blocks from here. It is the opinion of the Chicago Police Department that Mr. LeBlanc has been abducted.
6: Do you have any suspects?
0: Not at this time, but it is my personal opinion that Mr. LeBlanc was taken by aliens.
6: You don't think he means... You mean people from other Planets! Countries? What? But I did not see that one coming. Are you saying spacemen? Kidnapped the mayor's secretary?
0: All I'm a saying is there's no proof they
4: didn't. Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen.
6: Again, right
4: here.
0: Maybe it's the haircut.
4: Well, I appreciate Chief Canoli's willingness to leave no stone unturned, I must stress that we are focusing on a more terrestrial culprit at this time. Please, make sure to include in your stories that City Hall is offering a reward for any information leading to Miss LeBlanc's safe return. Thank you. That is all. Oh, I have several questions I need to ask as you walk away. Puddles! No,
0: these are new shoes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wednesday, are you thinking what I'm thinking?
6: That the stress of an investigation like this can only be relieved by a smooth, esophagus-relaxing pull on a hacker cigarette?
4: Well, I... Because
6: only hacker cigarettes have that deep... Smoky combination of all natural tobacco and enough lung relaxing tar to pave a city street.
0: My lungs do feel significantly more relaxed after a Hacker cigarette. Heck, after a whole pack they barely move.
6: That's why Hacker cigarettes carry the FDA stamp of approval, and if it's good enough for the FDA, it's good enough for me. <laughs>
0: Those lungs sure do sound relaxed.
6: Especially since hackers don't use any of those newfangled filters to get in the way of your tobacco enjoyment.
0: While I agree that it's always a good time for a hacker, what I meant was perhaps our mutual friend should look into this? You mean? This sounds like a job for the shade.
6: Are you sure that's a good idea? You've ended up at the doctor's the last five times you went out as the shade.
0: Mere flukes. Far less likely now that I've cut eye holes in the mask. I think I should scour the rooftops, seeking out evildoers.
6: That might be helpful. Or? Or? I'm just wondering what evidence might be in that purse they found.
0: Wednesday, you're brilliant! I know. I'll check the rooftops. You search the purse.
6: Don't you think we should both go? (laughs) Ha 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 ha!
0: (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't be ridiculous, Wednesday. I'm a man. I don't know anything about purses. To me, they're just strange sacks women carry on their shoulders, into which all manner of objects disappear, only to reappear when they're desperately looking for something else.
6: Well, you're not wrong.
0: No. In this one instance, your being a woman is a definite advantage
6: mixed feelings about what you just said.
0: Let's go get this story written. Then tonight, the Shade will fly.
6: You fly now? When did this start?
0: No, I, I meant figuratively. You know, it, it, it's, it's dramatic
1: license. You, see, uh, well, Let's just go. We'll return to Throwing Shade in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, Are you looking for a smoke that's smooth and relaxing? Are you tired of cigarettes that surprisingly taste like you merely stuck something in your mouth and lit it on fire? Then look no further than Hacker Cigarettes! Hacker Cigarettes use only the finest tobacco and more tar than your regular smokes. What does that mean? It means a smoother draw and a cleaner burn. Hacker Cigarettes will stick to your lungs like a good dinner sticks to your ribs. Ask for them by name. (coughs) Hacker Cigarettes. And now, a few words from other important personages.
3: Friends, do you have a secret wish to let your inner songbird take wing? your friends tell you you've got the voice? Do you want to take your singing out of the shower and into the great wide world? Then hire yourself over to Chicago's North Center neighborhood and visit The Voice Lab Incorporated. The Voice Lab offers private lessons for singing and piano as well as classes, workshops, and camps throughout the year. Unleash your musical talent with classes and music theory, turn your emotional teen poetry into hit songs with lessons in songwriting, and never strike a sour note again with classes and scene harmonies. Are you a singer or actor with two left feet? The Voice Lab has movement classes for you. And instrumentalists, relive your glory days with The Voice Lab's grown-up band camp. The Voice Lab also offers voice services for transgender and non-binary folks. Visit them at thevoicelabincorporated.com or call them at 773-360-8507.
0: Friends, we all have issues with our memories from time to time. We walk into a room and forget why we're there. Open the icebox but can't remember what we were looking for. Introduce our spouse with an old girlfriend's name. Embarrassing, yes, but no big deal. But if you're an actor who can't memorize their lines, or a singer who can't memorize their lyrics, these memory lapses become major stumbling blocks to your career, life, and happiness. But there's no way to make you remember lines and lyrics, right? Wrong! Now, singers and actors can reinforce their memorization through a revolutionary at-home hypnosis program. I know what you're thinking, hypnosis? You mean the people who made me cluck like a chicken at my brother-in-law's birthday party? No, friends. Designed by professional actress and certified hypnotist Cirilla Bear, the Hypnosis for Creatives Home Learning series is a program which allows you to study your script or music with your paper in hand or playing in your ear. By putting you in an eyes-open trance, you can play through the instructions and trance induction, then repeat one track as often as you want for your study session, then the next track emerges you from trance while reinforcing your learning. Not just a series of suggestions for better memory like most hypnosis. These programs actually go through your study session with you, enabling you to learn your lines, music, or steps deeply and in real time with the session. It's a powerful breakthrough in using hypnosis at home. Don't trek to a hypnotist's office and spend your hard-earned dollars on programs not designed for your specific needs go to hypnosisforcreatives.com. That's hypnosis, the number four, creatives.com, and get the Hypnosis for Creatives home learning series. Work in the comfort of your home at any time and as often as you like at a fraction of the cost of in-office hypnosis. That's hypnosisforcreatives.com. Hypnosis, the number four, creatives.com. The results will be memorable.
1: And now, back to throwing shade, getting misty. Act 2, Scene 1. Captive audience. Misty meets her abductors. Meanwhile, on the south side, near a church with an out-of-tune pipe organ, Misty was meeting her abductors. Where, Where am I?
4: She's awake.
0: Good to see you up and around, lass. I was afraid me boys had gone a bit heavy on the chloroform. How are you feeling?
5: Mm. I'm thirsty.
0: Of course you are, of course you are. <laughs> chloroform will do that to you. Me, it always makes me see double for about an hour afterward. Of course, I does whiskey, so
2: it really isn't a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> chloroform always makes me dizzy and causes me to fall down. It's your natural clumsiness that does that. Don't be blaming
0: it on the chloroform. I seem to have no issues with it until about an hour after I
4: wakes up. Then, well, let's just say I hope nobody's in the loo. It always makes me talk with a really high voice.
6: No, that's helium. Chloroform makes you talk with a Russian accent. We've never figured out why. Mm. It's still better than the fact that it makes me look like a bleeding chicken for 15 minutes after I wake up.
0: Well, the less said about that, the better. Especially in mixed company.
6: I certainly didn't need to hear that. Do you all get chloroformed a lot?
4: Yes and no. We end up doing it to ourselves, mostly. On account of the fact that we use it so much in our business?
6: It's constantly around. But the ventilation here isn't the best, so... it in on.
0: Truer words were never spoken.
5: <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm still quite thirsty. So if it's not too much trouble, that is, Whoa, oh,
0: Where are me bleeding manners? Kitty, go get her guest a cup of tea. Ida. Now, Miss LeBlanc, I want you to know this ain't nothing personal. You're simply a, um, um, a what you call it? a dem things
2: in chess with the little round head. Uh, a horse? What are you daft? The horse ain't got a round head. That's the rook. It's salt-headed so fish brain. The rook's the castle. How many castles you seen with a round top? It's the bishop.
0: Right. You've always been the one with the head on their shoulders. You're merely a pawn, Miss Leblanc.
5: Who are you? What do you want? Oh,
0: I don't care for myself. <laughs> I'm Johnson Tally, head of the Tally family. Soon to be the most feared criminal organization in all of Chicago. These are my sons. I'm Peter Tally. I'm Richard Tally, but everyone calls me Rick. She guessed it. Nobody ever guesses it on the first try. I'm Big Willie.
6: <laughs> oh, of course you are.
0: And this is my youngest son, Tell me Pork a
6: Goose Tattoo, eh? Um, uh,
5: yes? Oh! <laughs> she said yes I can't
0: believe it well your brother's always had away with the ladies
6: until yours again do no <laughs> oh
0: sure that's what she says now <laughs> alright which
6: one of you potatoes pert-
0: Oh, that's me daughter, Kitty Tally. You have to forgive her temper. She's a redhead.
6: Here, I hope you enjoy this delicious cup of hot water. Me Nanskall brothers forgot to buy tea.
4: Don't blame me, I sent Rick. Don't blame me, I sent Big Wheelie. Don't blame me, I sent Pork Sword. A
6: nature dinner, bith Katara she a A likely story, Pork Sword.
0: Clam up the lot of you. Have a little bloody decorum, we got company.
5: I'm sorry. I'm a bit confused. What do you want with me?
0: While we aspire to be a far reaching and influential crime syndicate, it turns out that to accomplish that one needs a rather large influx
2: of capital. And money. Lots of it. And fast.
6: Rugmitted Shicton.
2: Which is where you come in?
6: Me?
5: <laughs> I don't have any money. I'm just a <sighs>
2: Secretary. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh. Oh, don't sell yourself short, dearie. You're more than that.
2: Aye, that's right.
1: Really?
4: Aye. You're the mayor's secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and we know how fond he is
6: of you. Park sword! You can't impugn a woman like that. She's in our shit, ah.
4: I think it's like when the pianos playing the right notes. It's impugn.
6: No! Oh. You daft fool! It means insulting her and questioning her honour.
4: And Kitty's defending her honour. Well, that's more than Misty ever did. Oh. It's common knowledge.
5: I will have you know that my relationship with the mayor is purely
2: professional.
0: Whatever your relationship, we know you work closely with
2: him every day. So we know he'll pay up to get you back. Please. The mayor
5: barely knows I'm there. Until the coffee runs out, that is. And I'm the one who does everything around
6: there, not him. I hear you, sister. It ain't easy to be a knowledgeable woman surrounded by incompetent men. Hey,
2: what do you mean by that? Incompetent? That's
4: ridiculous. I, I ain't wet to bed since I was eight.
6: Rug me, you ought
0: Shut it!
4: <clears throat> now, kitty...
0: As much as I appreciate your opinion, and the brains that the good Lord blessed you with, can we please not derail this kidnapping into a suffragette
2: rant? I'd be forever grateful. You got the vote. What more do you want? She got it, and then she voted for Crane. (laughs) Ow! Shut your pie
0: hole. Of course she voted for him. We all voted for him. We did?
2: When was that? I
0: think I slept through it. Don't you concern yourself with the whens and the wherefores. Just know I made sure of it. Crane's just the type of man this city needs. Upright. Honest. The type who'd definitely pay up to get his favourite secretary...
5: Assistant.
0: Fine. Assistant. Back safe and sound. He'd hate for anything to happen to you.
5: So my life depends on Mayor Crane? I am so dead.
1: Somebody tuned that organ! Act Two, Scene Two. An arresting development. The Shade and the Vamp find clues. Later that evening, Wednesday morning, made her way to police headquarters. Halfway there, she changed into the thoroughly stylish, yet eminently practical outfit of her alter ego, the Vamp. Her ebony outfit allowed her to stay concealed in the shadows until the shift change.
0: All right, I'm going to go get Whoa. some donuts. Anybody
1: want anything? Yeah. I got a-, yeah. How about a crawler. You got a crawler? I got a okay. Then, she slipped in through the back door during the confusion. Once inside, she made her way to the evidence room. The lock soon fell to her practice skill with a hairpin. And soon she was inside the -the state-of-the-art evidence storage facility, with its rows of unmarked shelves and low-wattage bulbs. She made her way through the dim room until she found what she was looking for, Misty LeBlanc's purse. She had just started studying it when she heard a strange noise. (gasps) The vamp quickly melted back into the shadows. The noise grew closer. Then... Stepping into the dim light of what appeared to be Edison's original bulbs was... The Shade!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, show yourself.
1: It's me, Shade, the Vamp.
0: Ah, of course. Knew it was you all along. Though I must admit, I expected to find my girl Friday, Wednesday.
6: You should come back then.
0: No, I I meant that.
6: (laughs) I know what you meant, Shade. I just can't resist a good joke.
0: Or that one.
6: Well played. I saw Miss Morning. She made the mistake of coming in through the front and asking permission. So while everyone was dealing with her, I snuck in through the back. What are you doing here?
0: My plan had been to search the city for evildoers. I decided to start on the south side. Why? Lots of Irish.
6: Shade, that's incredible. And since
0: there are so many Irishmen on the police force, I thought maybe one of them had heard something. So I headed for the L but disaster struck. How? Well, it wouldn't be a good idea for me to ride inside the train, as I would instantly be recognized and very likely swamped with grateful citizens, which would impede my mission. So I rode on top. I wanted to use suction cups to hold on. the only suction cups I could find were a pair of old plungers. Luckily, they worked a treat, but... Plunger handles are not so easy to hold on to at high speeds, so... You
6: fell off! You you fell off? Are you all right?
0: Fortunately, an awning caught me.
6: Oh, thank goodness.
0: Unfortunately, I bounced off and fell down a manhole.
6: That explains the smell.
0: Sorry. Did you find anything?
6: Compact, lipstick, wallet, comb, handkerchief. Nothing unusual. Wait! What's this? A four-leaf clover?
0: Looks like it didn't bring her much luck.
6: Shade, a four-leaf clover. Doesn't that mean anything to you?
0: Just that annoyingly catchy song. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked before.
6: No, Shade! (laughs) Think! What are four-leaf clovers associated with...
0: Well, the Irish, but... <gasps> Wait! I see what you mean. Obviously, a policeman is involved.
6: But, but... no! No, the tallies! The Irish crime family?
0: That was my next guess.
6: We have to tell the mayor. Let's go.
0: Okay, but... could we take a cab? <laughs> Nobody move! Get your hands into the air! You're shaking because you know you're scared. Police Chief Cannoli, what a pleasant surprise. Ah, uh, the shade and a vamp, breaking in to steal evidence. Looks like I catch uh, two birds with uh, one stone. It's kill two birds with one stone.
6: Don't give him ideas.
0: Uh. So, you kidnap Miss LeBlanc, and now you come back here to cover your tracks. But I dropped on you now.
6: Gatha. Huh? You got the drop on us. You didn't actually drop on us.
0: And there aren't any drops, so I'm not really sure where that saying even came from. I mean, it seems kind of silly.
6: English is a weird language.
0: Scusy, yeah. but could we all remember I got a gun pointed at you, so you gotta do what I say? Look, Chief, we're just trying to help. We have to talk to the mayor. Oh, you will. In a cell. He's gonna wanna know where you hide in his secretary. Now, match! Match?
6: Well, black does go with everything, so...
0: Get moving! See if I make a donation to the Police Benevolent Society this year.
1: Act Two, Scene Three. Brood Mayor. Mayor Crane faces a crisis of principle. while being locked in a cell isn't what either of our heroes wanted. They were happy to discover a Salvation Army band outside the window for entertainment. Any requests? Yes,
6: but you're going to keep playing anyway, so... Oh.
1: They tried to explain their theory to Chief Cannoli, to no avail, mostly because he didn't know what the word avail meant.
0: Don't know it a
1: word! So, the next morning... I can't believe they locked us up.
0: I can't believe they didn't unmask us.
1: Which is, let's face it, strange. Why
6: exactly did we let them arrest us? We could have easily disarmed Cannoli and made our way to the mayor's last night.
0: If we had done that, the police would be after us right now. And they'd never believe we didn't have anything to do with the kidnapping. Plus, Cannoli said he was bringing Crane to us. So we get what we want while, hopefully, building some goodwill with the authorities. We need to work together, otherwise the city suffers.
6: Shade, that is amazingly erudite and astute.
0: Oh, I thought it was smart. Here they are, Mr. Mayor, snug as a bug in a bed. Rug? Huh? It's snug as a bug in a rug. That's so ridiculous. Who ever heard of a rug of bugs? Bed bugs you hear about. But not the rug bugs <laughs> Good luck getting anything useful out of these two, Mr. Mayor. They keep a telling me some crazy idea that the tallies are kidnapping Miss LeBlanc.
4: <laughs> Can you believe that? The tallies did kidnap Miss LeBlanc. That's so what I said. Well, huh, huh? I received this ransom note at my office this morning.
6: Dear Mr. Mayor... We've taken your...
4: Secretary, and if you ever want to see her again, bring $10,000 to the Field Museum today at three o'clock. No cops. And don't bother trying to find us. He'll never figure out who we are. (laughs) Sincerely, the tallies. At least they're sincere.
6: And Porksword has a personal P.S. for Police Chief Canoli.
0: Me? What did he say?
6: (laughs) Togunapusadu in Shiktan, gebefilahetabu. Augusto Infid de Graaf, me a kuna person and false she in a tort, gomis in a dirna shirt at a tann, car tiferth, shagdwerg not a You
0: know it means a lot to hear him say that.
4: Where do they have Misty?
6: How should we know?
4: You knew they had her. You must be in on it with them. We knew because of a clue we found in Misty's purse. A likely story. Tell us where she is and the judge may go lightly on you.
0: Mr. Mayor, believe me. All we want is to get Miss LeBlanc back safely and put the tallies behind bars.
4: Let us help you. Why should I trust you?
6: Because you can't use police. The tallies will be expecting that but they won't be expecting us.
0: Right, because it's daytime.
6: Not exactly what I meant, but let's go with that.
0: <clears throat> Mr. Mayor, I have to protest. Nothing good ever came of trusting people willing to take the law into their own hands. If you allow me and my boys to set up surveillance, I'm sure we can find the tallies and get a Miss LeBlanc back.
4: Chief, Hmm? why don't you sound like yourself?
0: Chief, you sound amazingly well-spoken.
4: That's what worries
0: me. It's a nothing. I just had a dog in my throat. Frog. Huh? It's a frog in your throat? Why would I have a frog in my throat? I'm Italian. Only the French have frogs in their throats. But this is a distracting from the real problem. I no trust these vigilantes.
6: We may be vigilantes, who we're still working for law and order.
0: Besides, have you ever known us to commit an actual crime?
1: Well Will the Mayor let the shade and the vamp help? Will the tallies get their money? Will the Salvation Army Band ever move to another corner? Answers to questions with a passing resemblance to these will be answered next week in the thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade. Getting misty. This has been Throwing Shade. Brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. EFCT is unique. EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is theater. Sponsored by Hacker Cigarettes.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Written by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Directed by Katie Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Hool, Stephen McClure, Noelle Quice, Chase Nerdy. Andrew Pond, Sarah Siegel, and Therese Young. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us! And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone! Tune in next week! Same Shade Time, Same Shade Station!
0: Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Pond.
6: And I'm Sarah Siegel.
0: You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to.
6: We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning.
0: And the Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron.
6: You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more. Including the opportunity to ask us anything.
0: I myself am an open book.
6: More like a picture book.
0: Be glad it's not a pop-up.
6: So, head over to patreon.com E-F-C-T to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade.
0: And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew.
6: Good night, Andrew. I...